You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. I'm Bertrand Tungandami on NITV Radio and I'm joined by three young actors, Chiara, Haley and Kashak, ahead of the world premiere of She Swallowed That Lie, a play which has been created and performed by women with a lived prison experience and marginalised young people from regional Victoria. Now, ladies, before we explore She Swallowed That Lie, produced by uh, Somebody's Daughter Theatre Company, can you tell us about yourselves, introduce yourselves to our listeners, please? My name's Hayley, I'm 19. I'm from the Palawa tribe. The character that I play in She Swallowed That Lie is named Charlie. She's an 18-year-old girl and she's living in a resi unit. And if you don't know what that is, it's a residential unit. Um, and she is just trying to get on with her life, but there's a few bumps through the way. And she, I guess you could say, spiralling down into a bad path. She eventually ends up in a house surrounded in bad stuff, bad people and stuff. And then it takes the support and love from others to kind of realise that there's more to life and there's more things that I can achieve rather than just going down that spiral and living in a residential unit, as most kids will probably think. I'm Kiara. I'm from the Gunjitamara tribe. My character is Bailey. She's also an 18-year-old young girl. Bailey's homeless due to family issues. My name's Kashak. I'm South Sudanese. And my character's name is Alek. Um, And if, you know, people in the South Sudanese community probably know who Alek Wick is. And she, um, yeah, the name is inspired by her. She was the 90s model who walked the, I'm pretty sure it was Betsy Johnson's show. And she had to, she was forced to wear like a platinum blonde wig, like her other white co- um, model colleagues. And she, um, even though she refused to, so she walked down the end of the runway and she took the wig off and threw it. And I remember seeing that when I was like eight um, and just being so inspired and thinking, wow, we can do that. And so Alec is Bailey's neighbour and um, she gets a job in St Kilda Um as like a social worker and um, at the time she gets the job, she's living in Geelong with her family and she starts having thoughts about moving to St Kilda. Um, And upon working in St Kilda, she comes to realise, you know, that there aren't a lot of people that look like her, you know, there aren't any black people, there are no African people. And so she's confronted with um, a few different situations that sort of, you know, like Bailey um, sort of sends her spiralling because, you know, there are lies thrown her way. Um, about, you know, uh, belonging and not belonging and also, yeah, going where you're welcomed, I guess. But, um, yeah, I guess the lie that the biggest lie she's had to swallow is probably that she doesn't belong. And so, yeah, that sends her in many different directions, but eventually she finds her feet. (laughs) Yeah, Kashak, you just uh, said uh, one of the premises of the play, uh, the sense of belonging, but uh, the women in the play and yourselves... uh, in your own lives, share similar experiences. I guess that's one of the themes in the play as well? Yeah. Yeah. And you knew each other before uh, getting involved into this play and uh, getting involved with somebody's daughter, Tierra Company as well? Well, I knew Kashak and obviously the company because myself and Kiara were actually students there. So we did kind of know each other before that because we spent a few years with each other, I guess you could say. 
Yeah. Like Hayley said, we, me and Hayley went to the school that's run through the same program um, and which we ended up graduating year 12 with them. A shock. <laughs> A shock. <laughs> A shock. We graduated. Um, so that's how. And then Kishak, we ended up meeting her because then she started working for the company um, and she did the drama with us. And then we've all known each other for about three, four years now. You kind of laughed and joked when mentioning your graduation, saying that it was a shock. Was it a shock for you, for your families or the community? It was a shock for who? Definitely ourselves. Probably other people too, but, you know, (laughs) probably our family. Yeah. I think the family would rather be, would be pleasantly surprised that you graduated and would be in shock. I would say most likely in shock with the joy and happiness definitely happiness like for me and Hayley we both left mainstream school in year seven due to different problems um and so I never like my family and I didn't think that I'd ever graduate I thought I was just gonna stay at home after I dropped out and not touch a book again but then um finally graduated it was a big shock for all of us I guess didn't expect to do it yeah and myself personally I was I didn't think myself would graduate like my family and stuff they were convinced they were like they're like you can do this you know you just got to set out and do it but myself I was like there's no way I'm doing this you know like it's kind of not possible that's the way that I thought back then it's well known that some uh, conditions in the family and uh, home setting have to be met to foster good and uh, successful schooling well, a family setting that's dysfunctional can not only prevent proper schooling, but it can also lead uh, someone to end up in trouble, including finding themselves in uh, the system. Am I correct to say that that is uh, one of the ideas you develop in the play? And that is something uh, somebody's daughter's uh, theatre company aims to address as well? The work that we do um, at Somebody's Daughter, so we work with... Um, women in the community, women who've been through the system. Yeah. Um, we work with kids that don't fit into mainstream schooling and we work with women in prison at the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre in Deer Park. Now uh, let's uh, look back at the theme you mentioned earlier, the theme of not fitting in, and it's one of the big themes that you develop in the play. She swallowed that lie and uh, not fitting in is one of those big lies that uh, she swallowed. Yeah, Tell us about... Uh, not fitting in, especially in um, some small town? A lot of my story in the various works that I've done with somebody's daughter, but also outside, it, it's always viewed through like a cultural perspective. And, you know, my family and I migrated to Geelong in 2006. And back then there was no diversity whatsoever. We're one of the only African families living in Geelong. And um, I know that, you know, I have a lot of cousins that live in Melbourne and they, they've never known what that's like, you know, to be the only person that looks like you in your street, in your suburb, in, you know, your whole region. It's, yeah, and it's something that it's an everyday thing. And I know that, you know, the rest of the women in the ensemble and Haley and Kiara could relate, but in different ways. But for me personally, it's always sort of viewed through that cultural perspective. And you, how did you experience uh, not fitting in? Well, I've never, like, had an issue with fitting in due to, like, 
my Aboriginality because as a child I never really told people like I was Aboriginal due to my dad always telling me when I was younger don't tell people but I had a big issue growing up with not fitting in because of my family life like I have had I had both my parents like on drugs which caused kids in like primary school and high school to be like oh like pick on me because of that so I had a lot of big issue with not fitting in due to my family but for you not fitting in was um, a completely different experience from uh, the others I feel weird saying like about drug addiction and stuff but I was addicted to marijuana and because of that I had a hard I was hard to fit in you know everyone was different everyone was doing their kid stuff I guess you could say when I was growing up too fast and I was doing all of this stuff that wasn't related to people that were my age doing the same thing I felt like I was kind of different from them due to my drug addiction and as Kiara said as well the lifestyle that me and my family lived and had to live that's why I think it's so very important to put this performance because it's good for people to know that they're not alone and if you wanted to do something you can do it this performance I feel like it could change a lot of people's perspectives I've been and visited one of somebody's daughter theater's performances before and it was just mind-blowing so I think it's really important and there's so much songs and humor and laughter and it's really big one big slap (laughs) yeah you'll be having a good laugh while uh, performing uh, she swallowed that lie but at the same time you'll be really contributing to a good cause because i know once you've been through the way you've described not fitting in it's not easy to bounce back once you've been called names and uh, picked on it's uh, really really hard and it takes courage support and so many things to be able to bounce back exactly and that's the thing because it's like once you've cleared your life up and people still bring up your past they still say this that when they don't realize that it's possible to change you can change and your life can be be completely different but it always still gets thrown in your face I feel like So it's good to just open the perspective of, yeah, we might be drug addicted. Yeah, we might have grew up rough. Yeah, we might have been through the prison system, but we have another life to that. That's not all to us. And the play is very playful with a lot of laughter, a lot of fun, a lot of dancing, a lot of music. Tell us about uh, the happier aspect of uh, this performance and the play. In the performance is a lot of truth-telling. But then there's also the, all the big happy songs and legs. There's a lot of, like, we have a lot of joking characters. They're very good at playing a joker. So there's a lot of jokes cracked here and there. There's a few very happy little scenes that just bring tears to your eyes just because of happiness. It's balanced. Yeah. It's not too dark, but it's not too happy. You're still getting your word out, but you're still having fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, very balanced, I think. And if there's a line that uh, actually summarizes and characterizes uh, this performance, uh, she swallowed that lie, what would that be? Uh, well, was it walk a mile in our shoes for 80 minutes, but it's the best 80 minutes. <laughs> I didn't say that quite correctly, but it's a kishak, if you can correct me, if you know what I'm talking about. I think it's um, perfectly, yeah, yeah. I, I'll put it like this. It's a show that I would 100% want to see i'm a bit jealous of the audience actually i wish i could buy a ticket and sit and watch it because yeah i don't think there'll ever be a show quite like this it's a big one it's it definitely is a big show like we have obviously we have the the aboriginal like aboriginal people we have 
the Sudanese, we have a lot of different cultures and a lot of different ages. Like as me and Hayley are the youngest is 19, but then the ages go from 19 to 60s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Big, big show. Alongside the performance, there'll also be an art exhibition at Chapel of Chapel. Um, And the works include, um, yeah, original work from women from the inside at uh, Dame Phyllis Frost Centre and Tarangawa Prison. Now, Kshak, Tiara and uh, Hayley, anything you'd like to add before I let you go? A closing word? Walk a mile in our shoes for 80 minutes and it would be the best 80 minutes of your life. <laughs> that would be my promo for this show. So... <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it out there. It's a good one not to miss. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. 